Marshall, the results are in. I'm I'm afraid. <laughs> what is it? It's 32% versus 68%. Most people said, no, you should not put your shoes back on. Really? And it's that big a deal? Yeah. Two-thirds. 68%? Well, okay. I'm about to take my shoes off. Yeah, let those feet fly free. Wow. All well, right, I've... the next survey, should Marshall put his pants back on? No. <laughs> this is strip proco now. Clever, Charlie. All right, guys, welcome back to Draftsman, where we talk about art stuff. I'm Stan, I draw, and I teach. I'm Marshall, and I certainly teach. <laughs> you draw, too. I draw, too, yes, but I, I teach more than I draw. Hey, our intros have gotten less energetic. Have they? I yeah, you remember with, there was the one with a pop and the, and the ah and all that stuff, and now we're no, we're just that was a one-time deal. That messed up my brain for yeah. the rest of the episode. Yeah, it did. Yeah. <laughs> Well, okay, well now we're easing into things. We're gonna start casual and calm and we'll get amped up because we care about these subjects. We care about this subject today. Yes, how to study anatomy. It's my yeah. thing. <laughs> All right, so, so. You want me to start? Sure, you start. Okay, so, program.com slash anatomy. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, let me start. Okay, you start. Proco.com oh. slash anatomy. I tell everybody the same thing. I've been teaching anatomy since 1987. And I tell people, if you want to learn anatomy, go to Proco because nobody did it better. So there, okay. that's my pitch. Okay. Now that we've gotten that out of the way. Okay. Let's give some real That was advice. point one. Yeah. Learn point it at one, Proco. Yeah. We've been doing an anatomy course for four years now. It's yeah. very complete. Okay. So some of the main things from teaching anatomy online for four years and seeing thousands of students making mistakes and you know not making not mistake what does that mean uh, succeeding succeeding <laughs> <laughs> thank you marshall <laughs> take your time failure way to success wow perfect execution on that one marshall <laughs> Um, from all this, you know, experience that I have, yeah. um, I've noticed a lot of patterns. Um, the main thing that I, I see that holds people back is they start anatomy way too early hmm. in their studies. Mm -hmm. They skip all the fundamentals that we talked about several episodes ago and they yeah. go straight into anatomy. And I see why. Yeah. I love anatomy. I wouldn't want to do all the other stuff. I'd want to just skip right to anatomy and do all the fun highlights, all the the the, the cherry on top. I, I think know? I understand where you're going, but I want you to elaborate because oh, I will. There is there is a an argument to be made. Why not study anatomy when you're six, seven, eight, nine, ten years old? You know, why not learn it early on? Well, there's okay. So here's the common problems I see from students uh, that submit their assignments and they're obviously not ready for anatomy mm -hmm. is that they're not actually learning anatomy when they're doing those assignments they're trying to figure out how to draw ah. while their brain is focused on anatomy 
too many things at once. Way too many things at once. And then they're just making all these anatomy mistakes and they're making all these drawing mistakes. Yeah. And it just doesn't work. Yeah, I would say I focus. Focus yeah. on learning gesture, focus on learning structure. Those are the biggest things that people do wrong before they're ready to learn anatomy is that their anatomy is stiff and they just draw contours just like they're just drawing shapes instead of thinking about form thinking about the anatomy as a three-dimensional thinking about the body as a three-dimensional thing that can be stretched and compressed and that each muscle has a part on the uh, on the skeleton that it attaches to and when the bones move the muscles will will deform mm -hmm. they're just thinking about contours and that just doesn't work. You can't think of muscles and forms as contours. So this is the pitch against your anatomy course, at yes. least to start with. This is to <laughs> yes. say, look, do not start here. Yeah, this is anatomy is not a beginner topic. Mm -hmm. So if you're a beginner, turn this episode off. No, I'm just <laughs> kidding. Don't. We need the views. <laughs> The crass commercial appeal. Okay. <laughs> After you're done listening to this episode and you know why you shouldn't study with, start with anatomy, go back to the fundamentals episode that we talked, where we talked about the fundamentals. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I went over some of the mistakes that I notice. Uh, basically, thinking of flat contour, things end up being stiff because they don't understand gesture yet. So they're not designing the shapes to look interesting. Everything's just kind of boring bumps there's so many when you're studying anatomy everything is just a bump mm -hmm. and when you don't know how to design those bumps it just becomes they just become snowmen this mm -hmm. bump 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 you have to know how to make all those bumps dynamic not remembering where the attachments are mm -hmm. that's huge because then the anatomy is just wrong it goes things go into the wrong spots mm -hmm. um, but you can make things look good when and they're still wrong that's right. You can. That's what Rubens did. Frazetta. I mean, yeah. You can take liberties with it. Yeah. So that's when you know how, if you know how to draw and you mm -hmm. don't know like anatomy perfectly, you can still create something that looks great. Yeah. Even if it looks wrong, it's like, well, who cares? If you got your point across, the story you tell is more important than the accuracy of the anatomy. Unless it's so wrong that the, a general person who doesn't know anatomy can tell that it's wrong. Yeah. Right? If you compare a Frazetta horse where he's got the anatomy pretty good and a Don Martin horse, do you know who Don Martin was? No. He was the he was one of the great cartoonists of Mad in the 20th century. Okay. And uh he his horse anatomy isn't right at all, but it's just great. It's okay. a wonderful horse. So yeah. yeah, you can you can get it wrong and make it look better than if it looked right. Yeah, if you know how to design shapes to look mm -hmm. interesting, you don't have to make anatomy good. But I, I like accurate anatomy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, shading too early. That's mm -hmm. when somebody just gets distracted by another cherry on top. Mm -hmm. They're trying to focus on, they're trying to study anatomy and then they're injecting shading in there when they don't know how to shade yet. I think shading should be taken out of almost all of that, that part until you know how to put a cross contour around uh, when you're studying anatomy or, or even form. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to quote Robert Beverly Hale at the very beginning of what I think is the best general drawing book anywhere. Wow. Uh, 
I do think that. That's a big statement. I've gone through it. uh, I I read through this thing seven times over about 10 years. And the sixth and seventh time, I was still getting new things out of it. But I understood it the first time. And he opens chapter one saying, drawing, like so many other skills, is a matter of being able to think of several things at once. Since the conscious mind seems to be able to think about only one thing at a time, the subconscious mind must take care of a good deal when we draw. So the process of learning to draw demands that we acquaint the subconscious mind with a certain amount of material so that the subconscious can largely take over the control of our hand. You can make an analogy to juggling. It's not that hard to juggle a single ball. Soon as you bring a second one into it, it's going to be harder. But to start out by trying to juggle five balls is just setting up for failure. Yeah. So I think that's what I'm getting, what you're getting at with the uh, anatomy thing is that it adds a really complex discipline into the other complex discipline. So why not separate it and wait until you've got, what's, what are the ones that comes, come first? The, the list was. The list, okay. Yeah. Flat contour. Where people just put outlines around it. Outlines. So yeah. not thinking of form, thinking of contours and outlines instead of form. What I would add to that, it yeah. is it also a waste of time for what I've seen students in college classes, where even if it's an artistic anatomy class, where they copy anatomical plates and they put in all the striations and they even imitate the technique yeah. of the anatomy plate. It's a waste of time. It doesn't teach you how to draw it out of imagination. That's similar to what you're talking about, isn't it? It, it is. It's sort of like people going into a hallway to study perspective and they're gonna measure every line. <laughs> well, that yeah. does sensitize your eye, but it doesn't teach you anything about perspective where you just say put a dot there and then wherever these lines are, we're gonna throw them to it. And that's to me is the same problem with copying anatomical plates because students will spend hours on it and it's not well spent. Yes, it's complicated because you are studying the diagram and you're, you're figuring out where to place things. But you could be spending your time a little bit more efficiently by not getting carried away with all the details in that drawing and just learning the shapes. Because all the fibers initially don't really matter that much. Mm-hmm. The placement of the muscles are, is much more important to get to memorize initially. Right. Um, and so you could, you could draw, you could spend like 20% of the time on your drawing and just getting the placement figured out and doing that five times instead of spending five times as much time on one drawing putting in all the details mm-hmm. yeah um, but it's not completely useless getting the details and you're still getting mileage still but, the, the, the gap between yeah. copying doing all the outlines of a muscle on a plate and then inventing out of imagination or really understanding an odd position what was the second one okay second one uh, stiff no gesture yeah that's one I've been guilty of a few thousand times <laughs> everyone yeah what's the third one not remembering the, attach- the attachments. Origins and insertions. Or, origins yeah. and insertions. Yeah. That's probably the most forgivable, isn't it? Yeah. Most Good. forgivable. But if you're studying anatomy, that's that's a huge one. Yeah. To if, you, if you're going for accuracy, learning the where the muscle begins and where it ends is right. like step one. I tell students, what is the shape of a deltoid? It's like asking, what's the shape of jello? You can't say. The deltoid, when you've got your arm in one position, is one shape, and you go like that, and it completely changed shape, like a water balloon being deformed. But there's one thing that we do know, 
that a deltoid starts on the outer third of the clavicle, goes along the acromion process, along the spinous scapula, and it inserts into the deltoid tuberosity, and that is, no matter what position it's in, that's not like, going to what? <laughs> what did you say? Are those words? That's you, the, you made it seem like, well, there is one easy thing that we do know. That, and then well, you continue everyone knows a that. bunch of words that nobody knows. This is the first thing they teach you out of the crib. What? It doesn't take 10 minutes to, to kind of get that idea with a few yeah. slides where you're looking around. Yeah, the thing with anatomy is all these words, all the names yeah. are intimidating. Yeah. I have a it could get people really scared. I have a friend who made up his own words, what? names for all the landmark points. And he, sometimes he would use these. I said, I, I, I remember saying, I sometimes call the acromion process a coracoid process. I never forget that. I said, how do you remember? He said, because I call this the chrome bumper. So I know it's the acromion process, the chrome bumper. And he said he'd done that for all of the different landmarks. Oh, so they're not just completely random names. They're random names that help him remember the real name. That's right. And you think okay. the tibial tuberosity is the nose of the tibia. That makes it easier, right? Okay. So, so the person who does not know any of the names, Jim Lee claimed that he didn't know the names of the muscles. He didn't, he said, oh, I think that, that's a deltoid. But he, he didn't need to know the names. No. If he knows the forms and he's got them registered in that brain, yeah. he can draw them from any angle. So knowing the names is only a way to communicate. And to at least, Robert Beverly Hale used to say that you can't draw something if you, doesn't, if you don't know that it exists. So naming right. it at least lets you know that it exists. Now we've got to figure yeah. out how it's shaped. Yeah, I wouldn't start by learning the names. I mean, one thing, another problem of the whole diagram study that you were mm -hmm. mentioning is that a lot of people will focus on just like labeling things yeah. and trying to remember the names and then drawing the fibers. And that is also kind of a waste of time in the beginning. Mm -hmm. um, I do think that learning the names is beneficial. Sure. Y not just for communicating with other people, but to have things organized in your mind. Um, I think it... Yeah, for one reason is that you know it exists. Robert Beverly Hale points out that I think it's the tensor of the fascia lata. Is nobody who is, hasn't studied anatomy doesn't even know what that is. But they all know what a nose is. But your nose is, uh, your tensor of your fascia lata is about three or four times as big as a nose. And <laughs> people will leave it out because they don't know, they don't have a name for it. Well, I could see your nose. I can't see your tensor fascia lata. Well, if I was wearing a Speedo, you could. Your tensor fascia lata is showing. <laughs> We're next. Going places. Yeah. Um, the other one was shading too early. Mm -hmm. Do you have anything to say? And we already kind of talked yeah, about Yeah, what I already said is that shading too early is one of the most common, what did you call it? Cherry? Eat the cherry? The or, cherry on top. Yeah. It's the go, detail. Go for dessert first. No. <laughs> you know, dessert does taste better when you're hungry. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Shade That's my first. brother's philosophy. <laughs> he eats dessert first. When he goes to parties, he starts with the dessert table and then he goes to eat the, the regular food. Really? <laughs> it's so... <laughs> yeah. I understand. It does taste better yeah. when you're hungry. Yeah. And life is uncertain. Go ahead. Well, we're trying. Um, that was the last one, right? No. Boring shapes, asymmetry. Oh, boring shapes. asymmetry. Yeah, boring shapes is another one that I've been guilty of over and over, and it's been pointed out. That's, it's, uh, and asymmetry versus, asymmetry means you're going to get more interesting shapes. Yes, asymmetry creates shapes, yeah. dynamic, flowing yeah. limbs, torsos. 
Yeah. So all of this gets solved with the way when you were exposed to Vilpu's teaching, even in high school, mm-hmm. where he gives you that flow of lines first before yeah. you start putting any volumes on there and also putting simple volumes in there before you start worrying too much about exactly. anatomical landmark points. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, my figure drawing class, which I recommend people take before my anatomy class, mm-hmm. basically just teaches them gesture and structure, which yeah. is those two things. Right. Simple forms, mannequinizing on top of the rhythms. So that's the logical way to study it, is to start with a figure drawing course. Yes. That makes sense to me. The other thing that I wanted to talk about that I think is really important is the, um, the difference between learning anatomy inside out. No. Yes. Inside out versus outside in. Yes. Um, I think the correct way to do it, and this might seem wrong. <laughs> I'm eager to hear. Just let me go through the whole thing. Okay. I think it's better to start outside in. Mm -hmm. Most people will say, well, no, you need to learn the bones. It's like, yes, but hold on. When you're learning gesture and structure, you're not starting in. You're starting from the outside. Structure of the outer, the surface forms, you're simplifying those first. So the arm as a whole, biceps, triceps, the brachiality, all of that together into a cylinder starting from the outside and you're learning to simplify that, you're kind of getting just like a rough picture of the body. Very generic, no details. Mm-hmm. And you're learning how to use those simple forms to, uh, to create dynamic poses and how to create flow. Mm-hmm. And then, once you're ready, then you switch to, and you learn inside out. So once you're ready to start learning anatomy, you start with the bones. Mm-hmm. You don't start with the muscles. And then you slowly add layers on top. So you go bones, You when you know the bones, you know where the muscles can attach to because you know all the landmarks. You know how the bones move. And so you'll know how to deform the muscles to kind of attach to the, the landmarks. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once you know the muscles and, and, and the fat, you'll know how to shade the surface because you know what bumps are fat, what what's a tendon, what's a muscle, what's a bone. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so you want me to argue with it? Yes. Uh, All right. Okay. I, actually, I'm not going to argue with it because uh, I want to show you what just happened. God damn it, Marshall. I, 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 have, I have been aware of this outside in to inside out thing for years. Okay. I've always taught the inside out, but I've tried to make a caveat to students that if you want to learn anatomy and you've only got a few months to do it, definitely learn the outside in way because at least... When you got a mannequin that you can put in any position and know how to put a cross contour around each limb, at least you've got skill. Yeah. And you can make a, you can uh, put a figure together and then you can put a deltoid on there and put a ridge group on that elbow area. And it's a good feeling and so it encourages you and that does not mean that you won't master anatomy because you'll do exactly what you've just delineated for us is that you'll gradually know more and more about it and reach mastery. So it does sound like a good way to do it, but because I tend to teach anatomy specifically as an anatomy class, which may be a curriculum issue. You're assuming they're ready for it. That's right. Yes. Then we go for the Arthur Rackham way, where it's like you can tell every one of these characters has got a bone structure 
and you can see the bumps of the bones and you can see tendons stretched out over them and when everything anything's twisted you're really aware that he is aware treating these bodies as if they are gnarly branches of trees mm-hmm. and but with with absolute awareness of every bump every landmark point and I, my pitch for it has been if you've got the luxury of taking a long time to learn anatomy, why not learn it from the inside out? And because I teach it from the inside out, I try to teach the mannequin thing as a mannequin skeleton. That is, it's harder, right? Because now you've got condyles and they're at cross axes. Okay, so you're simplifying the shapes of the bones. You're simplifying the shapes of the bones into forms that you learn how to foreshorten, which now that's, that's a 70 to 100 hour pursuit right? Everything thought of as a cylinder, blocking it up, making it so that the epicondyles on the humerus can be spun like a croquet mallet, mallet, all of that stuff. That is a big thing. But when you can do bones as mannequins and get all the landmark points on them, hard as it is, now you've learned a more complex mannequin and it seems like it's taking forever that I put this amount of time in it. But now when we go back over the muscles, and put them on and we say, this one originates at the medial epicondyle. Oh, I know about that medial epicondyle. I've drawn it in several positions. And it's gonna go into the palm area and it might spiral depending on the position of this hand. Then it's a very thorough education, but the downside of it, as you are pointing out, is that it takes longer and it is harder to see results. So you're in training a lot before you're going to actually get to play in the game, so to speak. Yeah, learning the skeleton doesn't help you draw the outer forms. That's right. It helps you know Uh, where the landmark points are. Yes. You just described the skelly app. Okay, well, (laughs) pitch time. Yeah, we made an app where we have the mannequin skeleton. You mean like where he's roboticized or? He's mannequinized. The skeleton. Oh, yeah, yeah, right, right. Yeah, have you not seen it? Well, I, it, didn't you have this a long time ago? Didn't you yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, we made this like four years ago. Yeah. But yeah, Skelly app. And the great thing about this app is that you can pose this mannequin. Oh, that's wonderful. Like you can click on a limb. Uh-huh. And then you could rotate however you want. That is just great. See? And then you could, you could uh, spin the light as well, change the light. And then, boop, you click that button. Look at that. It's a mannequin. Everybody a should use this. skeleton. I'm impressed. Now, does it have cross contours around it? Do you have little rubber bands around him? <clears throat> well, you will. <laughs> on the God long, damn it, Marshall! On, on the long bones, <laughs> two rubber bands. Yeah. Great. Glad I could contribute great. to yeah, the thank you. App. Thank you. This to be cut? <laughs> <laughs> this to be cut? No. Thank you. That's a great feature. <laughs> Some students put rubber bands, like six and seven rubber bands on a limb. Yeah. And did you, did you, uh, you know about Robert Crumb's brother when they no. were studying that he, he just cover everything with cross contours and it was, it was kind of an obsession. But there's two reasons to put cross contours around a bone. One is that it's so long that you would forget what it was shaped like. And so okay. you figure that, that'll remind us and uh, so don't get lost. And the other is that it changes shape. Mm. It goes from squarish to roundish to triangularish. And mm-hmm. so that's why you add an, in another one. Otherwise, uh, but yeah, rubber bands. Rubber bands. Yeah. We'll hopefully put those in soon. Well, I hope so. Sorry Available if you already shipped product. Android and iTunes. Yeah. This is an <laughs> app though. This is not something that you've printed it, out, right? 
print what? You aren't going to print out Skelly, Skelly, so that those. Are... Oh, like three D print. Yeah, three D okay. print. <laughs> I thought you're revealing your age again. Yeah, I am. <laughs> no, we're we're not. Well, not yet. We haven't. We don't have any plans of printing it out. But thinking. Well, speaking of printing it out, look at these anatomy tools. Well, those are are those Andrew Carses? Yes, they are. Yeah. For the listeners, Andrew Cars makes um, sculptures of ecorches where he takes off the skin and you can see all the muscles and stuff underneath. I use these a lot. I learn a lot of anatomy with these combined with books. Because the thing about books is that they're two-dimensional, right? Everything's flat on paper. Yeah. But then having the combination of seeing these diagrams and then looking at this at the same time, it's very informing of what's actually happening. And you broke his nose. Oh, Jesus, Marshall, you're you're. I'm I'm. You're harsh. very yeah, good at yeah. your criticisms today. Yeah. <laughs> Was it your fault? Yeah, I'm it. rubbing off on you. I'm so glad. Um, yes, I did. What happened was this actually wasn't mine. Mm-hmm. This was uh, a former employee's. He brought it in. I knocked it off the table. It <laughs> it broke. So I I bought him a new one and I kept the broken one. Well, that was that was noble of you. Well, I mean, I broke his sculpture. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it has removable genitalia, which it sure is does. A dream of every parent of a teenager. <laughs> what? Well, Tell bring, me about are this. Are we bringing up this, this subject? Maybe you just did. <laughs> I did. Yes, you. I did. Do not blame me. You opened Pandora's box. <laughs> yeah. Don't say we. <laughs> yeah, you're right. That was me. That was you. I, let's just let's move on. <laughs> Okay, let's do it. You want to take a break and then come back and talk about these books? All right. So you broke it up into categories. You said there's the dissection books and mm-hmm. then there's the drawing books. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's let's start with the dissection books. Okay. Those are the ones you go to when you need facts. Yes. Of like, okay, I don't understand this muscle. Like, what what's going on here? And you got the two greatest ones right there. Ta-da! Okay, the two best dissection books. Goldfinger's Human Anatomy for Artists and Richet's Artistic Anatomy. And we only had to wait a hundred years for Goldfinger to come out with his. After well, Richet. you had to wait a hundred years. Yeah, that's right. A little more. It was out when I was born. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you like that one? Yeah. This is elder abuse. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. So those are the two main dissection books. Stephen Peck's book, uh, I'm told that Stephen Peck was a student at Bridgman. I don't know for sure, but that, I've heard that. Do you not like this book? Um, I have it. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't consider it one of my favorites that I go to all the time. All the favorites that I use constantly are here, yeah, okay. which might mean that either this has nothing that these don't already have, yeah. or that they the drawing, I just don't like the drawings in them. I, it seems like I do like the drawings. I just don't think they add anything that these don't. I want to point out something. Don Lagerberg really liked this book, and I went through it and, and learned from it. Uh, but there is something about this book. Some books are drawing books. Some books are dissection books. Mm-hmm. This is one of the best examples of a book that has plates where if you look at these plates, you're going to see the kind of stuff you could copy. They're done in gouache, probably in the 1940s. 
you can see all of the detail, but he also has distributed through the book at least 40 pages that are tips and tricks of how to draw the human body. In when she takes those things like that the hamstrings are like a set of ice tongs and that the way the infraspinatus and supraspinatus and teres minor pull, they, it's like a, uh, a roll of tape that will spin the humerus. He's got all these wonderful little shortcuts of how to view anatomy. Those are worth, even if you do not pay any attention to Peck's anatomical plates, those pages that you're looking at right now are the ones that yeah. you can learn a ton from. The ones with all from. the tiny little diagrams. Yes. So when I, I, I think I remember now, when I looked at these, to me, they looked like Bridgman drawings mm -hmm. plus Goldfinger drawings yes. just put onto a page. You could so that's learn, why I think I didn't say You could learn a ton stuff. about how to draw anatomy if you would just pulled all of those pages out of the book and yeah. looked them over and, and worked from them. Some great little shortcuts in there. I, cool. I do recommend that book. Even though it's not the best book, it's one of the best balances of the anatomy books. Another thing about uh, Stephen Peck, I don't know anything about him personally, like I don't know anything about Jack Ham personally, but when you go through the book, you start to pick up a spirit that this person really cares about the students. This is someone who puts their energy into making it so that you're going to learn this and you're going to learn it well. Uh, I, that's one thing I liked about it. There was a tone to it. Okay, and then the drawing books, how can I not? How can you not? Bombus. Bombus. This is the English version, which I didn't know existed for a long time. And That's I had right. This German version, yeah. which very poorly named company on the bottom here. What is it? It's called English. English. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the German version, I guess, is printed by a company called English. Okay. Yeah. In <laughs> so a German I, I bought this and I was like, oh. That's interesting. This isn't yeah. in English. <laughs> Have you read the English version? Um, not entirely, but I feel like the drawings do more. So even if yeah. you do have, because yeah, I had the German version for mm -hmm. many, many years before I got this English version. And yeah. so I studied more from the, the German version. I didn't... Well, that was actually, anything. that was to your advantage, actually. Yeah, the drawings do most of it. So you can have yeah. the German version and you'll be fine. Um, but yeah, there is an English version. It's slightly different. It, mm -hmm. it has some things that the German version doesn't and then the German version has drawings that the English well, version doesn't. That's so. because there were two versions. You know, it used to, there was a thin version that I have it. In fact, I'll, I'll send an image of it. Uh, and then they came out with the complete guide. They had one that was less, that was translated into English very badly. Okay. And they same with the animal anatomy. So he had these, there were these two volumes of his human and animal anatomy. They were the only ones available in the 90s. And then they came out with these ones that are almost all new drawings in the 2000s that are these thicker and complete guides, both animal and human. Oh, oh I don't have the animal one. Yeah. I should get that one. Um, so this one I use mostly for um, form analysis. He's got very well simplified forms. Hmm. Um, the whole bucket thing that I did for the yeah. pelvis, this pretty much just came right out of Bombas. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, if you want simple forms, this guy. Yeah. Bridgman is kind of the Bombas on drugs. You mean it's it's bizarre in some ways? It's kind of like 
it's not as organized. His, oh, yeah. Like, it's chaos. It is. It's very difficult to understand his form simplifications, but they're genius. Yeah. Right? Like, he's very good at simplifying the forms, but you have to know how to interpret right. his drawings. Right. And his, uh, and as we've said before, more than once, Bridgman's stuff comes later, typically. Yes. After you know anatomy. Yes. Because you have to interpret it. You have That's to right. know the origins and insertions and the general forms of the muscles before you could correctly interpret his drawings. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Bridgman. And then this one is not one for artists. This is for bodybuilders. And this is Strength Training Anatomy by Frederick. Oh, yeah, sorry. Frederick, how do you pronounce it? Frederick Delavier. De oh, I don't know how to pronounce it, but De it's Lavier? Frederick Delavier. D-E-L-A-V-I-E-R. Yeah. De uh -huh. It's the third edition of Strength, strength Training Anatomy. Uh, but I love it because of the drawings in here. He has... Um, people, bodybuilders, working out in all these different poses and he has overlays of all the muscles on top of all the poses. And this is something that a lot of these art books don't have. Yeah. If I have a pose, a specific pose that I'm not sure about, I'll kind of skim through this or flip through this and I'll try to find the pose that's closest to the pose I'm drawing mm -hmm. and his overlay will inform me quite a bit of what could be happening in the pose I'm drawing, which you can't do with any of these other books to try to look for a pose and then, yes, you know, you yeah. you were the one who who pointed me to the merits of that. I had it and I did not include it in my anatomy course because it was too much detail and it was based on photographs and I it, yeah. I didn't dislike it but I just felt like those two things excluded it and you were so excited about it that I went back and revisited and now I do introduce my students to it yeah. for exactly those reasons is that you've got all these different poses and different positions yeah and he gives every single uh, pronounces every consonant clearly yes they're very clear drawings yeah um yeah, this book has a specific purpose to me. Mm -hmm. I don't study anatomy from this. I use it as a reference mm -hmm. for when I'm confused. And mm -hmm. this helps me solve some problems. Yeah, and he put a ton into it. It was obviously yeah. a labor of passion. Stru Strutura Uomo is uh, another one. There's two versions. I don't know what they're called. Uh, in English? Yeah, they're what, they're Italian, right? They're, yes, they are yeah. Italian. The three Italian guys who did this, when I first saw them, I thought they, they're they based on computer generation. I thought, no, those right. are 600-year-old uh, Italian craft. And they, I, I just, I was blown away by it. That, to me, is Bombus. But amped, a little more detail. Well, yeah, amped up to real accountability, too. Yes. Bombus has errors in there. And some, some things like where he makes the lower leg bone as long as the upper leg bone. You know, he's got some liberties right. that he's taken. These guys are doing it as if they are documenting for an alien culture every bone and muscle as engineering yeah. drawings. Yeah, but they're not using organic forms. They are simplifying it as if they're like architects. Yes. Um, but just every bone and every muscle is simplified less. This is the one on movement, Stratura Uomo in Movimento. Manual, manual, anatomical, artistic manual. And, oh, the drawings in these things are incredible. The, uh, this one of movement, I spent time in both of these things. But the one of movement shows just about everything you could 
ever want to know about the locomotion of the human body, uh, both on the micro level that they, they show what happens when limbs move, but also on the macro level that when somebody moves through space, they make arcs. And I'm not seeing them uh, as I'm flipping through these pages. I saw a few arcs. Yeah. But yeah, this, these, they're, they're not in English, right? No, these are Italian. But again, it's kind of like the Bombas one. It's like the, the drawings are really where you're going to learn stuff. And for anatomy, all the names are the same. That's why they're in Latin, right? They... Yeah. But you know what? When I do want to read some of the stuff in here, mm -hmm. uh, like if I'm just really doing some research on something very specific and I want to find out what they're saying about it, mm -hmm. I'll use the, uh, the Google Translate app. Because ah. you can point the camera at anything and it'll just, in real right? time on your screen, it'll just translate Great. it Great. Wow. That's yeah. wonderful. Yeah. Technology. Debabilizing. That is all of my books. I'd add one other thing in. Well, two. It's both Robert Beverly Hale. This lesson is not an anatomy book. There, uh, this, this book is not an anatomy book. It has one chapter devoted to anatomy that is a wonderful chapter before you study anatomy to give you the things that you're concerned with when studying anatomy. And Robert Beverly Hale wrote the introduction to the albinus anatomy book of those old plates from the late 18th century, mm. which are still great plates. And that introduction uh, is worth reading several times again, to give you an attitude about why you study anatomy and how just studying anatomy is not enough. You need to see it as how it occupies space. And then once you know how it occupies space, you've got the option to light it from any position and that you've got all this freedom from this and that that is the heritage that we have inherited from people who worked it out centuries ago. You know, Michelangelo did not have an anatomy book. He did not, not have this collection of anatomy books. And we've got it for a matter of 100, 100 200 bucks. You can invest in all these yeah. things and you've got He had to actually cut people open. Yeah. <laughs> can you imagine yeah, yeah. if we had to do that just to study well, I could a muscle? Up the subject of body worlds. True. That is also a, a luxury we have. We don't actually have to cut them open. Yeah. We can go to a museum where they're already cut open and displayed perfectly for us. Mm -hmm. Have you been to body worlds? Yeah, several times. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. When it came out, I figured, well, I teach anatomy. I better go to it. And I went and there was such a creepy quality about, it was 400 bodies and two of them were still intact bodies. What there do you was, mean intact? I mean, they were, they were together as bodies. Many of them, the, the total of 400 bodies, uh, the, they, you could recognize it as a body. Some, uh, oh. uh, another couple hundred of them apparently were just taken apart where you'd see portions of them, you know, just showing Is you the inside. Is this body world you're describing? Those are the original body the original. worlds, not the body show. That's a different oh, thing. Oh, okay. Body worlds was a specific guy who put this together and also everybody's bodies were donated. Yeah. Uh, I mean, by the people. They said, I want to be a part of the show when I, when I die. Yeah. Uh, where I'm told that the other show, uh, I'm not, I'm not sure that that is the case. Yeah. But, uh, but the body world show was the first one and it, it was so, it was so creepy. I thought once is enough to see people standing around and they've got drawers pulled out of them so that you can see inside of them. And there was a, a muscle man holding his skin. So he's that got this big drape of yeah. skin. 
And I saw Bernie Wrightson at the Comic-Con a month or so after, and he said, have you been to Body Worlds? I said, yeah, I went. It, had, it was kind of creepy. He said, I'm interested in that part of it. And I thought, well, I'll tell you, I've got a friend who taught anatomy and physiology in Hawaii for a number of years and carved up hundreds of bodies, and he wants to go see it too. Mm-hmm. So the three of us went together, and we had an anatomy teacher who knew anatomy and physiology talk us through all of it and I got so interested in it then that I went to see that first one 10 times 10 times yeah I even went on I went on Christmas on Christmas Day oh, Eve instead of spending time uh, with your kids well, yeah it was it was okay he was out of town <laughs> you jerk I know but you know when you go to body worlds on Christmas uh-huh no there weren't there. there weren't that many people there and and it was uh, there was something that was really reverent about it and we met uh, we met uh, physical therapists there. There were a number of physical physical therapists seemed particularly drawn to it. Right. I didn't learn much about how to draw at Body Worlds though. I can't. I got to tell you, I learned a few things like that. The Achilles tendon is not perfectly round like a rope. It's a little bit smashed, like yeah. it was a as piece it goes of, up. It gets very flat. It's very wide. flat. Yeah. Yeah. There were things that I learned from it, but for the most part, it was just interest in the human body that that drove it and i also noticed that there were a lot of people it looked like there were a lot of people there on dates when it was uh i mean is you go for a date we're gonna go look at a whole bunch of dead bodies well probably wasn't their first date no but there i i i understood why you would go to body worlds on a date that when you look at all of these dead bodies <laughs> and then you turn to each other nobody ever looked more alive <laughs> it's the whole horror movie date idea. Hmm. Well, yeah. maybe not. I don't know. I went with my wife. We just, it was kind of just like a museum. Oh, okay. Yeah. The thing is, when I went there, I didn't get the feeling of like, whoa, these are real people. They do a good job of making them feel slightly fake to the point where it's not as uncomfortable as it would be if it was just like a real person cut open yeah but they are they are real people i know they are yeah. real which is like oh cool okay so this isn't just like someone's interpretation this is real life but I, it didn't make me feel uncomfortable walking through it it didn't it for uh, i mean it did, didn't after i'd gotten used to it the first time it was kind of weird oh. the second time the second body whirls round, the one that had the horse in it uh oh, did yeah. you see that was that the bodies one? Uh, no, it's not World the body stuff? show. It was, it was Body Worlds 2. Okay. I think it might have been the one that made it into the James Bond movie. They had a family that had been killed in an automobile accident where the mom and the dad and the child, it was only their, their blood vessels, but their blood vessels, which tend to be really congregated around certain parts of the body, were enough to where they were distinguishable as people. Oh, and yeah. I walked around that thing and recognized this is a mom and a dad and a kid and the reverence for life that it gave me, it was an emotional experience. It was very close to a religious experience to be in the presence of these people and to look at their vascular system and see how complex, how miraculous it is, how delicate it is, the vulnerability of the human condition. It was all encapsulated in this one bizarre, but fascinating sculpture you see i didn't know the story behind these people i don't want to know Mm -hmm. 
then I would get into this very emotional state like that, like knowing that this family got into a car accident and now they're in a museum. Mm-hmm. Okay, that takes it to another place. But that, that ended up being, to me, more the reason why I wanted to go. It's like, okay. I, I know anatomy now. Now I want to go and see what, what this thing is about. Okay. I went to just, just study anatomy. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have moved. We have cool. moved beyond teaching students about how to draw the human figure and understand the anatomy to reverence for life. Yeah. Now, Marshall, what's your thing could be the song, the anatomical skull? Yeah, the anatomical skull song, which I And then I, I could hold it up. Okay. What is your thing? You could just say that uh, anatomical skull is selling well, and so that's your thing. Is it selling well? It is. Yeah, the anatomical skull is a success. The amount that we made for the initial sale, we sold out in 24 hours. So it was, it was a success. And then I was like, crap, we need to contact the manufacturer. And then we started making more. I ordered a lot more. I wrote a song about the anatomical skull, which I started to sing yeah. at the beginning of that episode where it was your thing. Episode six, I think. Episode six. Yeah. You sang a song and people in the comments were asking to hear the whole thing. So I I <laughs> did the whole thing. I carried through with the song and, and all the lyrics. You asked and Marshall. Yeah. I delivered. Delivered. Right, here we go. Here we go. Anatomical Skull by Proko. Anatomical Skull by you. I am so glad to have an anatomical skull. Anatomical Skull. Broker.com slash skull. <laughs> I think you've just sold a few more skulls. Yeah, I think so. It should be a hit now. Too bad you don't get a commission. Yeah, we'll talk. <laughs> we'll talk. Did I get you that skull? You asked me for a free skull. Did I yeah, get? I got a free. That's what oh, I, did. I okay. was looking at the anatomical skull when I came up with those lyrics. Oh, you were. Okay, yeah. cool. That's good. Staring deeply into its eye sockets. Okay, guys. We are hungry. Yeah. And... We're hungry for your comments. What's what your favorite have? anatomy book? And then give us five stars on iTunes. Yeah. Cool. See you guys next time.